Well, good morning, Christ Church. My name is Paul Fowler. I serve as our Lake Forest campus pastor here. Uh, we are so excited next week to be launching a new series with our senior pastor, Mike Woodruff. So if you're here visiting for the first time, please do come back ne- next week. We'd love to have you there. Today, though, we are closing out our three-week sermon series on prayer. A special welcome to those of you watching online. I would say there's probably few things that are more annoying in this world than unsolicited advice that someone gives you. Maybe you've had this experience where you're kind of sharing your story, and it could be a a friend or a parent maybe or a coworker, whoever it is, and rather than give you a helpful bit of advice, they just give you this unsolicited information you weren't really asking for. And you know what's unsolicited? Would rather making you feel better actually makes you feel worse. Feels a little bit judgmental or kind of off the cuff, not really what you're looking for and need at the moment. For example, those of you that have uh, young kids, perhaps you've been out at a restaurant or you've been out at a store and the kids are kind of acting up, it's just not a good day, and someone comes up to you that used to have kids long ago, or maybe they never even had kids, and they were like, you know, have you tried this? Or or, or why don't you do that? Or I used to do this. One of the ones that I found kind of most annoying was people that would say to me when things are just kind of crazy, you're going to miss these days. Mm. It's been about four years since I've had to change a diaper. I have never missed that day and that time. Just awful. Uh, Parents, we even do this to each other sometimes. When you have older kids and you see someone with younger kids, you're like, huh, just wait till they start crawling. Oh yeah, wait till they start walking. Wait till they're in junior high. Wait till they're in high school. Oh, teenagers, they're driving, right? Just, it's not helpful. It's not what we need. Perhaps those of you in the work world, there's tons of these that are out there. In the work world, they like to make it kind of rhyme, you know? What does it kill you? It makes you stronger, right? Or we're not going to give you a raise this year. It is what it is. Yeah, thank you. That's not what I need right now. You know, we're going to have to lay you off. It is what it is. Yeah, that's true, but just don't need to hear it. For those of you that are, are dating, perhaps there's tons of different things that you've heard. Just be yourself and put yourself out there. My father-in-law has a great one that he gave to his daughters when someone would break up with them. Well, rejection is God's protection, right? <laughs> just not what you need to hear when someone has just broken up with you. Oh, yeah, that's, that's God's plan for you. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Right? And, and this advice, usually it's coming from a good place. It's someone that really wants to help you, but we know better than to do it. It's just like we can't help ourselves. If you're in a relationship, those of you that have a spouse or a significant other, whatever it might be, if you've ever heard them tell their whole story, you know better than to say, I think you're overreacting right now, right? It's just not helpful information. And the reason I mention all these is because perhaps as we come to the end of a three-week sermon series on prayer, you're saying to yourself, okay, I get it. I need to pray more. Yes, I should pray, but I have so much going on and there's so much I got to do and I'm really going through things that just, this just feels like another thing. Oh, you should pray about that. Oh, just pray. I mean, think about it. What is the thing that right now is probably the first thing that's on your mind when you wake up? That stressful thing that's the last thing on your mind when you go to bed. Maybe it keeps you up. Maybe it's just wearing you down. It gives you anxiety. You're frustrated. You're upset. What do you do when that time comes? How do we deal with these difficult problems? Is it pray? Is that the first thing you do? Usually, I would say many of us probably look to say, well, let me pull out my phone. Just watch some shows. I just need to decompress. I'm just going to play some games or get into sports or maybe talk to that friend who's not going to give me that unsolicited advice I'm not looking for. 
Maybe it's going out for a run or riding your bike or hiking, and none of these things are inherently bad. I'm not trying to say you shouldn't do these things. Now, there are some things we can get into that become addictive behaviors and really aren't good for us. But where's the first place you go when life gets difficult? When you don't know what to do in your marriage, when your kids are just giving you a difficult time, maybe a health thing, or whatever it might be in your life, where's the first place you go? And it's our hope that as we come to the end of this series on prayer, that prayer is the first thing that you do, that you feel that the most important thing that you can do in spite of everything that's going on is to first stop and pray. Well, to strengthen that point, I encourage you to pull out your Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 4. That's our text for today. If you don't have a Bible, there are these little pew Bibles that are right under your seat. It's page 1163. Uh, That's Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. And while you're turning there, just a few notes about the book of Philippians. It's written by a guy named Paul, not me. He was an apostle, and that means he had seen Jesus. That's who the apostles were. And so they have a fancy name for these. They're called epistles. And this is basically just a letter that Paul is writing to the church. And so what's fascinating about his letter is he says in Philippians 1, he's he's writing in chains because we know he's under house arrest in Rome. And we know that actually he is moving forward to execution where he's going to be killed for his faith. But what's so interesting is he keeps saying this word, rejoice in our sufferings, rejoice in our trials. Is this guy crazy or is it possible he has figured something out in his faith? And could it be that prayer is that secret, that thing that we need to do no matter what's going on in our life to just get through each and every day? I'll also say, usually I don't like to study just kind of two verses. I like to zoom out and a little bit, look at a little bit more. But contextually in Philippians chapter 4, this is Paul kind of landing the plane. He's ending his letter to the church in Philippi. And so he's just kind of given out some snippets of information. But as we look at these two verses, this information he's given out, I think it's really helpful as we think about prayer. And so today I'm going to talk about when do we pray, how do we pray, and why we should pray. When do we pray, how we should pray, and why we should pray? In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, it says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when do we pray? Look at verse 6 there. It tells us when we should pray. It says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything we should pray. So what do we pray? We pray when we're anxious. Anxiety is a very paralyzing issue for many people, even some of us here today. That should help us realize, okay, I've got to pray about this thing. Now, perhaps some of you here would say, well, I'm not one to be anxious, but man, I can get really frustrated about how things are going at work or in life or with my kids, whatever it is. That anger, maybe it's fear, maybe it's, it's sadness, it's, it's, it's worry, whatever it may be, I think we can all encapsulate that into that's when we need to pray. When that feeling comes upon us, not going to anything else out there that'll help us kind of escape from the reality, but rather saying, okay, God, I gotta pray about this. I'm so frustrated, I'm so worried, I'm so anxious. You know, what I think is interesting there is if the verse just stopped it, don't be anxious, how good an advice would that be? Like imagine if you came to us and you said, man, I'm really frustrated about things right now. I have this paralyzing anxiety. And we said, oh, don't do that. 
no, no. The Bible says don't be anxious. Stop it. That's weird. You shouldn't do that. You're probably not going to want counseling from us anymore. It's not really helpful. It's not what you need to hear when you're worried. Oh, ugh, stop it. That's, that's awful. No. When we're anxious, when we're worried, that's when we have to turn to God, when we have to pray. There's that old song, at least that I remember, don't worry, be happy. What kind of advice is that? Just stop worrying and now I smile now? No, we have to pray. And this is going to make more sense when we get to the why we should pray. But Paul doesn't stop there. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, pray. You see, we need to be praying in every situation, everything that is going on in our lives. Jed Kopinger, the author of 21 Days to Childlike Prayer, made an excellent point about this when he was talking about we have to embrace our childlike position before God. You know, the Bible talks about God the Father. Jesus tells us to pray, Abba, Father, calling him Dad. And Jed made a great point a few weeks ago in a sermon when he said, how good of a parent would we be for our kids if we said, look, I only want to talk about spiritual things, you know, Bible questions and memory verses and only those things. Don't talk to me about the other things. Those of you that are parents, you get this, right? You love to hear from your kids. You want to talk to them. You want to know what's going on. I love sitting down with my kids at the end of the day and we're after dinner. Hey, what you learned today? How are things going? Just tell me about anything that's going on. Maybe those of you that have teenagers or older kids, sometimes you just wish your kids would talk to you. Just tell me what's going on in your life. That's what our Father wants to hear from us. God wants to hear from us in every situation, what you're thinking, what you're learning, what's going on. He wants to hear from you. He's, he's your dad. Pray to him. Talk to him. We have to be praying in every situation. Now, I think if you think of prayers when we just fold our hands and close our eyes, which I'm not saying is a bad way to pray. It's a good way to pray. It helps you focus. But to be able to pray in every situation, and the Bible tells us to pray continually means you can be praying as you're driving down the road. All right, God, help me get into work safely today. Help me get through the things that I need to do. If you're sitting on Zoom and the meeting is just going terribly, and all right, okay, God, help me right the ship here. How do I get this turning the right way? Maybe you're talking to your kids or your spouse and you just have to pray to yourself while you're listening, God, help me not to respond poorly. I'm really frustrated about this. You see, we can pray in every situation. We don't have to stop and close our eyes. It's a great way to pray, like I said, but you can pray about anything that's going on. God, I don't know what to do about work or I don't know what to do when I graduate from school next year. I don't know how to deal with my parents or with my kids or whatever it may be. God wants to hear from us. We pray about everything that's going on. So when do we pray? We pray when we're anxious, we're frustrated, we're worried, we're upset. We pray about everything. We talk to God about everything. He wants to hear from us. Second point is, how do we pray? Look at the second part of verse six here. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, the first one we know, we, we pray and we present our requests to God. We're pretty good about this. What's interesting about the word for our requests there, um, Paul's also used it in a different place where he's talking about demands. Now, I don't suggest you go to God and say, here's my list of demands, like some weird ransom note. But we tell God what we're dealing with, what we're struggling with, what we need, what we want, what we desire. Maybe sometimes you don't feel like you can pray about that because it doesn't feel okay to ask God for. That's not what God said. Present your request. Tell them what's going on in your, in your heart, in your mind, what you're thinking, what you're going through. That's how we pray. And I would say we're pretty good at that one. 
The second word that it uses there is petition. In the New National Version, if you have the ESV, it's, it's supplication. And what's interesting about that word is it's also another word that's translated as prayer in different parts of the Bible. So is, God tell, is Paul telling us to pray and to pray? Well, the word petition or supplication is helpful there because when Paul uses it, he says, hey, I need you to pray for me. Or, or I'm going to be praying for you, or I want you to be praying for the church over here. That's how often he uses this word for petition. So I think what's helpful for us is we think about how do we pray, we have to be praying for others. God, I pray for my friend that's going through that. Pray for this person I met at the school the, the other day. Pray for this person at work that seems to be struggling. Pray for that person I, I saw on the news, what they're going through and how it's going. We're going to get to this when we talk about why it's important to pray that way, but how should we pray? We should be praying for others, knowing that also there's others out there praying for us. You see, we don't have to carry that burden, that difficulty on our own. We share our requests with others. They share our requests with us. It's a great thing about having a small group or community group. We're praying for each other. And how else do we pray? The next word that's used there is with thanksgiving. We present our request to God. I think this one's really helpful for us, and the word there is Eucharist, as you could think about it. It's the communion meal, or it's, it's another word for worship, this word thanksgiving in the Greek. And so what we do, actually, when we pray, we also thank God for what he's done for us. God, thank you for your grace and your forgiveness and your mercy for me. God, I thank you for how you've answered my prayer requests in the past. That's why it's helpful to have a, a little journal. You write down, okay, I'm praying for this, and God answers that prayer. Thank you, God, for how you answered my prayers. God, thank you for creating this world. Thank you how you've created me. Thank you for all the good things you've done, what you've blessed me with. Thank you, God. We pray with thanks. So how do we pray? We, we pray for ourselves. We lift our request up to God. We, we pray for others, and we also pray with thanksgiving, worshiping God for who he is. And we do all these things, and this is why we come to why we should pray. This is the most important part, and it helps kind of bring it all together as we try to understand what Paul is telling us about prayer. So if you look at verse 7, it says, why do we pray? Because we get what we want. All right, you wake out there? We, we get what we want, right? Is that what it says? We checked the boxes. We prayed for others. We prayed for ourselves. We said nice things about God. And now blessings come down. It's not what it says. And I think that's oftentimes why we've become frustrated with prayer in our own lives. Or when things are going bad, we feel like, okay, I've got to work on stuff. I know I should pray about this thing. But it's not the first place we turn because perhaps we feel like it's not going to do anything at all. I kind of think about this for myself as you teach your kids to say the word, please. You want them to be respectful and ask nicely for stuff. And so then they learn the word, please. And then you'll be at the store with the kids and they're like, can I please have that? No, you can't have that. I'm not buying that for you. They say, I said, please. It's like, that's not how please works. It'd be Saturday night, it's 9 p.m. And my kids say, would, I would please like some ice cream. Uh-uh, you're going to bed. I said, please. You see, often I think that's the problem we can fall into with prayer. We say, God, I prayed about this. God, I did it in the right way. I'm thanking you for who you are. Why doesn't prayer work for me? And if prayer doesn't mean we get what we want, why would we do it? Doesn't it just feel like another thing to do? That's why I think it's so important if we look at verse 7 together. This is why we pray. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds 
in Christ Jesus. You see, this is why we pray. Yes, we hope that God answers our prayer request, but what God's word says is we pray so that his peace comes upon us. It's interesting, that word he says transcends understanding. It basically means indescribable or unfathomable, or my translation would be it makes no sense. It makes no sense with the difficult things we have going on in our lives that we pray and this peace comes upon us. This peace comes down that we can keep moving forward in spite of the difficulties. I love how Paul continues on there when he says, what does the peace of God do? It guards your hearts and your minds. You see, it's important for, understand, for us to understand why prayer works. Because when you think about when we pray, I'm anxious, I'm frustrated, I'm upset. My, my emotions have the best of me. God, I just don't know what to do. Well, look what happens. His peace comes upon our hearts. You see, this is why we should be praying in every situation and everything that's going on. Because when our minds are racing, we don't know what to do or which path to take and we're trying to figure it out or we look for advice everywhere, we just can't make a decision. That's when God puts his peace upon our minds. That's why it's so important in the how we pray. When we think about we are giving God our prayer request, telling him everything that's going on. We know God knows everything before we ask, so why would we put these out there? Why would we share them with him again? You know, I think people that are good at journaling or those that are just, they love to talk to others, there's something different that changes about you when you just get it out, when you verbalize it, when you say it. How helpful is it for you when you pray and say, okay, God, this is frustrating me right now. I'm really tired of this with my kids or at work or whatever it may be. Are you putting all your requests out there for God? Think about how we pray as we think about God's peace that comes upon us. If we're praying for others, doesn't that help us realize, hey, everyone else is struggling too? Helps us take the focus off our problems. Sometimes when you have this anxiety, you, you feel like you're the only one that's suffering. You're weird because you're having these problems and issues and everybody else has a, a happy marriage. Everybody else knows what they want to do with their lives. What's wrong with you? Why do you have this problem? That's why we pray for others. Hey, we're all trying to get through this thing. None of us have it all figured out. We need to be praying for each other. None of us is perfect. You see, when we understand that God's peace comes upon us, that's why we pray for Thanksgiving for who God is and what he's done. I'll say, wow, God is a big God. God can do anything. I've seen God do this in my life. I've seen God do this in my life. Doesn't that change your mind? Doesn't that change your perspective when you remember all the good things God has done in your life? That is why we pray. That is why prayer is the most important thing that we can do each and every day of our lives, no matter what is going on. Because God, peace comes upon us. And where does that peace come? What's it found in? The last three words there. It's found in Christ Jesus. That's our hope. I think the author, Jed Copinger, made a great point three weeks ago in this message. I encourage you to watch it on YouTube if you haven't seen it. When he talked about how Jesus, God the Son, right, is praying to God the Father, and he's saying, God, take this cup from me. I don't want to have to be crucified. I don't want to have to go through this. Three times that prayer happens, and three times he gets a no. And Jed made a great point that God the Father gave God the Son a no so that he could give us a yes when we pray that he would save us. And so we know that Jesus didn't just die on the cross and is in the ground. He's resurrected to new life, and he's sitting at the hand of God, the right hand of God. 
That is who is up there on our behalf that we pray to, that we say, okay, God, I'm, I need this. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. That's the peace that comes upon us when we realize who God is and what he's done for us. So when do we pray? When you're anxious, you're stressed, you're worried, you don't know what to do. Pray about everything that's going on. How do we pray? We, we pray for ourselves. We put it out there so we feel, experience God's peace as we give it all to him. How do we pray? We pray for others. We know we're not the only ones struggling. We know we're not alone. We know others are praying for us. And we pray with thanksgiving for who God is and what he's done for us each and every day of our lives. I don't know exactly what it is that you're going through, that thing that seems to weigh you down in life, that thing that makes you frustrated when you get up in the morning, the thing that just seems to be a burden you just can't get rid of. And I also don't know what you turn to or what you look for or where you're going with that, but I want you to know, as we end this sermon series on prayer, that there is no better thing that you can do than to pray. There's many other things in this life and this world that will give you some relief, but there is only one thing that will give you peace, and that is God's word that tells us to pray. We must pray. We can't afford not to pray. But it's difficult to find the time, right? If I was to ask you, who is someone in your life that you know that just is marked by prayer? Perhaps you have someone in your mind, they just seem to pray about things all the time. They seem to just have this peace and this calmness about them as if they've figured something out in their faith and, and it's prayer. For me, I, I look at my grandma who called me about a month ago and she said, oh, I'm just praying for you, Paul. So thankful for you and your family. And she was telling me that as, you know, she's gotten older and is not always able to be at church all the time, that her job now is she's just praying for others. And so when she was younger, she, she taught us this little song. And I'm going to kind of put a couple of the verses together. Maybe you know this song. But whenever I feel like life is too much, frustrated, it's usually where I go. I just don't know what to do. This song just comes to my mind. And I think it's helpful as we think about this verse and as we think about prayer. And don't worry, I'm not going to sing it. But the words are, are you weak and heavy laden? Cumbered with a load of care. Precious Savior is our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. It's my hope that as you go from here, that as we end the sermon series on prayer, you realize it's the most important thing that you can go and do in your everyday life. And you will experience God's peace in a way that you would not even believe. It will make no sense to people around you. How are you struggling, but you have peace? It's because you pray. After every service, we always have a couple people over here that are willing to pray with you. If you've never come forward and, or that feels weird, I encourage you, please do. Let us pray with you. Let us pray for you. Uh, we're going to have this prayer meeting that's coming up on Tuesday this week. We're not going to force you to pray out loud or do anything else. Just sit there and experience how prayer can change your heart and your mind. I challenge you this week, in every situation, when you get frustrated, when you get upset, when you don't know what to do, pray and see what happens in your life. I promise you, based on God's word, you will experience peace in a new and a unique way. And to that end, let us pray. 
God, we are so thankful that you are a God that wants to hear from us. God, you are a God that listens to us. God, you did not create us and said, good luck out there, but God, you said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So God, we, we lift our requests up to you, the things that frustrate us, that have us worried, that have us anxious, that have us stressed, acknowledging God that you are there with us. God, I pray that as we go from here, we would be those that pray. And God, would your peace transcend upon us as we look forward to the day that you will make all things right. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray, amen.